You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It is a Scoop Tuesday here on the podcast. Maybe some reckless speculation. We'll see. See how far we go with this conversation here. Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. Uh, he was at U.S. Bank Stadium all throughout the night, into the night, late into the early morning, I guess. And uh, he's here with some inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. That is one of the biggest buzzkill games in recent Vikings history, Doogie. I mean, it was, I think the, the atmosphere, I was walking around the plaza for a couple hours beforehand. I mean, it was like, okay, here we go. That game last week against the Broncos was whatever. Come back, beat the Bears, get back on track, and wow. I don't think anyone expected uh, that type of embarrassing performance, but here we are. No, I mean, I did not foresee a loss last night. I thought it would be a one-score game, but yes, admittedly, I thought the Vikings would win. It didn't need to be that way. I mean, first play of the game for the Vikings, right? Terrell Smith, the former gopher, who the Vikings enjoyed having in for a pre-draft visit in April, made a nice play on that ball. There was another defender in Jordan Addison's vicinity, but just imagine if he comes down with that ball, how much does the tone of at least the first half change, right? So. You know, then they go three and out. They run only three plays in the first quarter, only 22 plays for the first half. What, 75 or 76 yards total? It's been a roller coaster. Like, Judd, I think you and I had a conversation after the Chiefs game. So it was late on Sunday, October 8th, or Monday, October 9th. The Vikings are sitting there at one and four. Mm -hmm. We said, hey, this is a boring team. There just aren't very many compelling storylines. They like each other. Maybe it's not always kumbaya, but for the most part, like this locker room is connected. They really enjoy playing for Kevin O'Connell, so there's no divide. There just wasn't a whole lot there on October 9th, okay? Well, then they gained some momentum, beat the Bears, beat the Niners. You know, then you think about October 29th, you know, midway through that game. Okay, the Vikings are comfortably ahead of Green Bay. They are going to win a third consecutive game. All is well in Vikings land. Then Kirk Cousins goes down, torn Achilles. It's doom and gloom, right? Sunday night, October 29th, Monday, October 30th. We are saying the Vikings are cooked. Nothing they do the rest of the year can match, you know, the the productivity of Kirk Cousins, right? Whoever they bring in, whoever ends up at quarterback, hey, they'll find a way to win a game or two, but they're not going anywhere in January. Okay, then Jaron Hall, November 5th, right? There's some excitement. Rookie, let's see what they have gets injured right away. Josh Dobbs come in. We are celebrating Kevin O'Connell, thinking he is the coach of the year, one of the great coaching performances in recent NFL history. Yeah, That momentum continues November 12th against New Orleans. At that point, everybody is saying, look at this team, six and four. Heck, can they win the NFC North? Do we really believe in the Lions? Can the Vikings be a top three seed? Can they make a serious run in January? Heck, I'm guilty. I fell into that trap. We then get to November 19th in Denver. 
Well, okay, maybe a Caleb Evans makes that play on that Cortland Sutton ball that Makai Blackman couldn't make. Close game, yeah, some play calling issues. Yeah, the accuracy with Josh Dobbs wasn't great, but hey, Denver's on a roll. We can accept that loss. There was still enough momentum heading into last night. Now I think about today, it's all gone. People are saying, hey, the Vikings are about to finish 6-11. and They are not making the playoffs. The Packers are going to somehow make the playoffs, <laughs> right? So my advice to Vikings fans, continue to enjoy the roller coaster ride. It'll continue to be a ride the rest of the way through these final six games. So, Duke, what's your analysis or your thoughts um, on Kevin O'Connell's postgame comments when offered the opportunity to sort of give Dobbs or to give Dobbs a vote of confidence, which did not take place? And what is your expectation for who will be under center December 10th against the Raiders in Las Vegas? Well, I mean, I don't think they know who will be under center December 10th in Las Vegas. Those are conversations that will take place throughout the week. I would not be shocked if they go to Nick Mullins. I guess I will be shocked if it's Jared Hall. Wouldn't be surprised, though, if they just roll back Josh Dobbs. Look at some of the play calling, you know, keeping him in the pocket, in my opinion, far too often last night, catering the offense more to his skill set. I mean, it felt like Kevin O'Connell was calling a Kirk Cousins-type game last night. And so KOC has to look at himself in the mirror and say, okay, I can be a lot better. I did not set up Dobbs for success. Let me run him back against Vegas. But I think those are conversations that will take place throughout the week. So I can't give you a definitive answer because I'm positive the Vikings don't know right now. But I'm just telling you, I would be surprised in this moment if it's Jaron Hall. So to me, it's Dobbs or potentially Mullins. Hey, let's not forget, if Nick Mullins doesn't hurt his back, maybe they still make the Dobbs trade. But Nick Mullins would have been the starting quarterback on November 5th. Like yeah. They believe in him that much to that extent that he was going to be their guy, but he's on IR. He was never going to be ready to go for the New Orleans game. He needed some time, some practice time, some legit practice reps. So once Dobbs got in there against Atlanta, you were going to roll with Dobbs. But I'm just saying, if Nick Mullins doesn't hurt his back in practice going back many weeks, he was the guy November 5th against the Falcons. So I think the debate right now is Dobbs v. Mullins. You know, like how uh, we have like win probability charts during games. You can find them on the NFL box scores, baseball games. It'll show you like the Twins were a ninety-eight percent to win the game at this point, but then this happened, and now now they're only a ten percent to win the game. Whatever. If we were to map that probability chart for Vikings quarterback in two thousand twenty-four, all through the season, right? Like be- beginning of the year, Kirk Cousins. I don't know. We'll see. They didn't offer him a contract. It's very fifty-fifty. And then you, you you fast forward to like the middle of the second quarter of that Packers game. And I think it was like, boy, there's like a 75% chance Kirk is the starting quarterback in 2024. Then he blows his Achilles and Dobbs comes in Falcons game. Now it's like, oh man, Josh Dobbs, where would you put it now? Like just, I know we're just kind of making this up and speculating recklessly, but percentage chance at this point, week one starter next year. Kirk Cousins, what percent versus, I mean, Dobbs has to be backed out. At one point, maybe he was like 30%. Oh, God, look at this. Now he's back down to like five versus like a first-round draft pick that we don't even know is on the roster yet. Well, I mean, I do think they will draft a quarterback high. Now, how high is that? Is that first round or soon thereafter? Remains to be seen. But just the amount of work they are doing on these draft-eligible quarterbacks, I will be very, very surprised if they don't go quarterback high. I've been saying J.J. McCarthy of Michigan for a while, but you can make a case for Bo Nix of Oregon. You can make a case for Jaden Daniels 
of LSU, perhaps Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. One of those guys. Figure they'll be drafting too low for Caleb Williams of USC or Drake May of North Carolina. That being said, hard to see a rookie starting week one. So who then is the starting quarterback? I said on the morning of October 30th, hey, I think there's a stronger likelihood today than there was Sunday morning, October 29th, that Kirk Cousins is back. Just thinking the price isn't going to be what it would have been. But hey, is it still possible some team, Atlanta, someone else blows Cousins away with an offer that the Vikings won't touch? Yes, that is possible. I'm not dismissing that possibility, but I still think that there is a distinct possibility that Kirk Cousins is this team starting quarterback week one of next year. I wouldn't say 0% on Josh Dobbs, but yeah, I mean, if it was 30% two weeks ago, it's certainly not 30% this morning. But yeah, I mean, you know, the other dynamic to all this is Mike McCartney, the agent who represents both Cousins and Dobbs. How does he want to navigate that situation? But bottom line, I will be, I'm telling you, Phil, I will be very, very surprised if they don't go quarterback high in April. By the way, I'm pro football focus right now. Reckless yep. speculation. We talked about this on Purple Daily on Draft with uh, Miles and Tyler Fornis yesterday. So PFF takes all the mocks. You can you can obviously go a mock right now if you want on PFF.com, which we love to do on this show. Mm-hmm. It'll take the most mocked player and the second most mocked player at pick 20 for the Vikings. The most mocked player to the Vikings at pick 20 right now is Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. I want a mock! mock! But wait. The second most mocked player to the Vikings at pick 20 is quarterback Jaden Daniels. Reckless. So quarterback, quarterback in the first two selections that is the most mocked option to the Vikings in PFF's mock drafts. Jaden McDaniels think both those guys are getting to 20? That's my yeah, question. I think, well, Maybe not, but... I think one for sure, and I get it, teams get quarterback needy, start maneuvering. I mean, we right. know Williams and May are going top five. Yeah, I do, Judd. I mean, minimum one, but I wouldn't be shocked if both. Daniels is intriguing. Like, I feel like he was at Arizona State like eight years ago throwing to Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> he legitimately was. Yeah. Like, he's in his fifth or sixth year of college football. I just worry about the body. The legs are great. The arm strength is great. The decision-making is great. He is a great quarterback. Durability would be my concern with Jaden Daniels, but hey, he's a guy the Vikings are doing work on. I just think J.J. McCarthy, maybe it's the Jim Harbaugh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa connection. Maybe it's more, and I'm not like guaranteeing anything. It would be stupid to do that in late November for something that will take place in April. But I'm just saying more than any other prospect, I would study J.J. McCarthy the most, but certainly study all those other guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jaden Daniels, just for fun, he is putting up like diet Joe Burrow numbers in his last year at LSU. Mm -hmm. It's not quite, I mean, Joe Burrow had one of the greatest seasons in college football history. He threw for 60 touchdowns and six interceptions. 
Jaden Daniels, with three games to go, has thrown for 40 touchdowns and four interceptions. He's probably going to get He's probably going to get to 50 touchdown passes with five or fewer interceptions if he plays because he's going to play. Is it, are they? No, he's not playing in the conference championship game. So he's going to be, he'll play in a bowl game. I guess. He won't get the amount of games that Joe Burrow played. Or will they he? All the way to the championship. Hmm? Or will he play in a bowl game? Well, I'm saying like, yeah, he, he probably won't play in a bowl game. What I'm saying is he's not going to get to Joe Burrow's numbers because right. he's not going to play right. enough games. But he is putting up some of the greatest numbers of any quarterback in college football. He is really, really good. I just, I'm telling you, like that body type, that would worry me. But we have seen the idea of a mobile quarterback, what a running quarterback can do with KOC, that I do think KOC is intrigued by that dimension, by that possibility, right, that Kirk obviously doesn't possess, right? So... I just I think they're going quarterback guy. I really do, you know. And whoever that guy is, the idea is that that guy, you know, is is the successor to whoever the week one starter is. But I guess I just I don't see that rookie starting week one come next September. So Doogie, I agree with your point. I think that I do think, and we've talked about this a lot on the show. I do think that uh, O'Connell would love to have a quarterback who can use his legs as well. But I guess that's where last night confuses me, and I, I don't understand it. And I know it's one game. Um, but I don't understand if you want a quarterback who can use his legs and you've got a guy in Dobbs who that is his skill set. Like his, like he's not this, you know, multi-dimensional thread of he can throw really well and he can run really well and he can. So you know what Dobbs is. It's no surprise that the car was driven off the lot long ago and we've seen it. That's where I'm confused by last night from a coaching standpoint. Because it's like, if you want that, if you want a guy who you know, hey, look, if I alter my game plan, this guy can execute X, Y, and Z, why you would go to a game plan that, to use your term again, was very Cousins-esque. That's a, it's shaken my faith a little bit in what I thought was the case, and I don't know how to, at this point in time, rectify it in my mind. Well, I don't know how to rectify it either. I mean, do we just give KOC a mulligan that there's still a belief? He's a really, really good coach, a really, really good play caller that just had an off week, an off night. Is that possible? Can we just give him a pass? Or do we fire his ass on no. that? Should we fire, should we fire Brian Flores? <laughs> it, it's sort of two off nights. It's sort of two. It's sort of back-to-back off nights. But, but my it point is, is, well, yeah. Let me add one more thing, then I'll let you chime yeah. in. As I'm walking out of U.S. Bank Stadium last night, somebody did come up to me and say, it's time for Wes Phillips to be the play caller. Uncle oh, Mercy yeah. on KOC calling plays. <laughs> he has too that. much going on. So I'm just yeah. saying in the moment, that emotional moment, that did come up late last night. Hey, it's time for Phillips to be the play caller. I think that was a game plan, though, you guys. I I, I think it, it was. Yeah, a... which had Phillips' fingerprints all over it. Yeah, so, but, and I'm not saying, so this, this conversation is not being had to say KOC sucks at play calling. I'm saying it's shaking my faith in what he wants. Like he literally tried to turn a running quarterback into a pocket passer. Um, And, you know, hell from the Falcons game. And I know Dobbs was new Falcons game, the saints game. I'm like, this is what he can do with a potentially or a mobile QB. So I'm, I'm more of a crisis of what KOC wants. than I think he's not a good play caller. I want a mock. Mock. Let's do it. I want 
I'm on tankathon.com right now. They have an updated mock We're draft. We're updated back. mock draft from this weekend's college football games, okay? Love it. So let's just go through this. I don't know if the, uh, this draft order might not be 100% updated from the Monday night game, but bear with me. Number one to the Chicago Bears via the Carolina Panthers, Caleb Williams. Number two to the Arizona Cardinals, Marvin Harrison Jr. Number three to the Patriots, Drake May. I'm going to skip around. Offensive lineman run here. Bears take uh, the offensive tackle from Penn State. Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, Washington. Yada, okay. yada, yada. Uh, Joe Alt. Yeah. Yeah. John's and then Jaden Daniels goes seventh to the Buccaneers as the third quarterback off the board. I think that makes sense. Like, this is a really good quarterback class. I'm not saying that Jaden Daniels is going to be the third quarterback, but three quarterbacks in the first, like, seven picks feels about right. Well, in Tampa, taking a quarterback feels right. Yes. Yep. Okay, then we got to go down here. We got some receivers, some edge rushers. We get down to the Minnesota Vikings at pick number 20, according to tankathon.com, where they take the fourth quarterback off the board, Michael Penix Jr. I want a mock! Mock! Two picks ahead of the Seahawks who take J.J. McCarthy at 22. So five quarterbacks, first 22 picks, Vikings landing Michael Penix. Yeah, I mean. Sign me up. If it's Sign Penix, if it's next, I, just, I think it's going to be one of those guys. I'm just saying right now in this moment, I think do the most homework on McCarthy. But I'm not making any sort of 100% bold statement. I hope the aggregators don't jump all over this. Hey, Doogie's saying the Vikings oh, are taking J.J. McCarthy. I have no idea I'm who texting the Vikings it out right are taking. Now. Do it. Put it out. I'm just okay. saying, Scoop. they have done, I know this for a fact. You can report this if you want. The Vikings have done Thank a you. ton of work. Now, the Vikings might tell you, hey, it's the normal amount of work we would have done up until this point during the college football season on just about any first slash second round you know, prospect. That J.J. McCarthy is no different. But it feels like, whether it's practices, whether it's intel from Jim Harbaugh with Quasey, whether it's Quasey being at Huntington Bank Stadium, for the Michigan Gophers game, you know, being there real early, watching pregame warm-ups, all that stuff, that the Vikings are doing a lot of work on McCarthy. So if that's the case, if, if and it certainly won't be shocking if they do take a QB in the first round, does that mean Kirk's not coming back? Does that mean, like, as, as far as Kirk goes, if, if he comes back at a reasonable contract, because I don't think they're certainly going to uh, break the bank again for Kirk. But if they want Kirk back, and Kevin likes Kirk as much as it's being put out there. Does a first-round quarterback eliminate Cousins, or not necessarily, do you think? I don't think it does. I really don't. Now, you know, we can have the conversation, what exactly does the succession plan look like? That Kirk has been Mr. Durable before October 29th. Yep. That, hey, he'll be healthy, right? Like, you can make a compelling case. He's not going to get hurt again in 2024, even though I know there's evidence to suggest once you tear your Achilles once, are you more susceptible to another Achilles tear, you know, other Achilles, you know, there's some, there's some, you know, data behind something like that, but you can make a case. Hey, he's been durable so often that he'll be durable in 2024. He's going to play well enough that you're not going to pull the rug out from underneath him at any point. So like you see the quarterback for like all of 24, then what's the plan heading into 25? You know, you've got this rookie quarterback. Okay, you've got the fifth-year option, but at some point you want to play him. So I get all those questions. But I'm just saying, yeah, they're not going to break the bank. So if some team at Atlanta, somebody else wants to break the bank on Cousins, he's gone. I'm just thinking with the Achilles injury, 
that the number comes down, that there is a more likely scenario now than there was Sunday morning, October 29th, that Cousins is back. But what exactly that succession plan looks like, that I'm not entirely sure. And clearly, Kirk, right, and I'm not sure if he is or not, would have to be on board with them going quarterback That's high. That's what's tough about with this. accepting something like that. That's what's tough about this because he probably wants to make a decision if teams will be open to – he certainly can't pass like a full physical in March with a torn Achilles. Would or could a team sign him first or second wave of free agency in March? Because if the problem is if he waits till like July or August, most of the cap space is already going to be you – know, like teams leave some cap space available, but he's not going to get like the chunk of money that he, he'd have to sign early on to get that chunk two two months so six weeks before the draft so that's the tough part with the vikings let's say the vikings say hey we'd love to bring you back we don't know what we're going to do in the draft if michael Penix falls to us we're taking michael Penix. you can still start the season in week one kirk but if i'm kirk i'm going to want to know and we know he's a shrewd negotiator right isn't he going to want to know i'm only signing here for multiple years if you won't draft a quarterback in six weeks from now, if we're talking about March, like it's a really complicated timeline, but he has to understand that they are going to go quarterback high, that he has to accept those terms. I do think he'll be a first wave type free agent, that there'll be enough there, you know, from a medical record standpoint and all that, that the Achilles injury, it's not a Mm. death sentence, maybe like it was 15, 20 years ago that come mid March, many months from now that, you know, he'll be mobile enough. There will be enough there to suggest, okay, he'll be good to go at some point, you know, late training camp or late preseason, heading into week one, that he doesn't need 12 weeks of buildup, anything like that. That If he's out for a few weeks, if he's moving around, doing all his rehab the right way, that the Achilles builds up the necessary strength. I think he's a first-wave free agent, but I don't know. I mean, I can't answer that, Phil. I don't know, right? I mean, that's the question, right? But Kirk would have to know that the Vikings are going quarterback high. So the question is, is he willing to accept that? And yeah, I mean, that remains to be seen. Mm. So speculative. Yeah, well, I mean, it is speculative because I don't know. Heck, I don't know if Kirk really knows the true answer to that question. But I'm just saying he has to be well aware that the Vikings are thinking of going quarterback high. He has certainly never had his replacement behind him as an immediate successor. Ever in his since career, he came here or his career, and and for the most part, the Vikings have acquiesced to him by bringing in his friends, who he sees as pseudo quarterback coaches to back him up. Yeah, yeah, so Sean Mannion. It, it's a big question. Mullins is kind of the same thing. Uh, before we dive deeper into Doogie's scoop bag here, uh, let's say you're on the injured list here. Right? You're on injured reserve, whether it's an Achilles or whether it's a knee, whatever it may be. Summit Orthopedics is here to help you guys. No referrals are needed at some of the orthopedics. They offer same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they also offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m. 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. And you can learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. Uh, Dukes, what else? What else you got for us? Let's go. Tw- let's go twins here, actually. So Sunny Gray, you know, it's some leftover Vikings. Can I give you some yeah, leftover yeah. Vikings? Yep. yep. So Jefferson, he'll be good to go for the Raiders game. I think if last night was a playoff game. Like, I think he could have pushed through and played. But once he didn't play in Denver, we talked about this last Tuesday, right, that it just never made sense to play him in the Bears game. 
with 13 days then until the Raiders game. So once he didn't play on November 19th, I understood. I thought he'd be back on November 19th, but I get it also. Tricky injury, hamstring. He was running straight line sprints, feeling okay, but there was some discomfort later on. The cutting, he wasn't feeling all the way there, but he should be good to go December 10th against Vegas. Caleb Evans told me a few days ago, hey, I'll be good to go Monday. Well, another tricky injury, calf injury, but he should also be good to go December 10th. The Vikings did not put a claim in on Derek Barnett. Marcus Peters, I've been asked about Peters. He's available. The Raiders cut him loose yesterday. I'll be surprised. He just doesn't seem like a Brian Flores type corner. Yeah, you can make a case the Vikings can use another corner, but so far, at least here Tuesday morning, I've not heard of any Marcus Peters steam, and I have not heard of anything external on Shaq Leonard. Clearly, they've discussed him internally. I know he's visiting Dallas today. Looks like he'll visit Philadelphia later on if he doesn't sign with Dallas today. I would imagine Shaq Leonard ends up with one of those two teams, the Cowboys or the Eagles. I never saw right from the moment the Colts made the move that he would end up here. Um, Twin stuff, Doogie. So Sonny Gray, three-year, $75 million to the Cardinals. Uh, Kenta Maeda, two years, $24 million to the Tigers. What's your read on what the Twins are going to do to replace some pretty good in? I mean, Sonny Gray was number two in Cy Young voting. Now, I, I told these guys, we kind of debated this yesterday on the Twin Show. I don't love paying for the best year of a pitcher's career, which you could argue that it was for Sonny Gray last year. Maybe there was one with the A's like nine years ago. I don't love paying for that best season at age 34 and expecting him to repeat it for the next two or three years. So I'm actually okay not giving Sonny Gray that contract, but I'd like to know it can't just be, oh, Chris Paddock's coming in here off surgery, and he's going to replace 184 great innings from Sonny Gray. Do you have any read on what the Twins might be up to here the next few weeks? Sure. On Sonny, I would have felt comfortable doing that contract the Cardinals did. Just a really good athlete. I think his stuff will play ages 35 and 36 seasons. I really do. And so I just, I would have bet on him, but I understand the twins not doing that. Like my understanding is the twins would not have done that Cardinals contract, which includes a $5 million buyout in 2027 or like a $30 million team option, but minimum gray guaranteed $5 million from St. Louis year four from now. So the Twins were not willing to do all of that, but clearly there was some interest in retaining him. On Kenta Maeda, the Twins were never going to two years. So they were willing to do one. They were told by Kenta's representation early in the process, hey, there's a two-year deal out there for Kenta. So if you want him, you need to offer two. The Twins were not willing to offer him two years. So yeah, now the question is, what do the Twins do? My understanding is they have at least planted a seed probably like 10 other teams, but with the Milwaukee Brewers on Corbin Burns. Now, is there a logical like match? Can they trump what another team offers? Heck, do the Brewers even trade Corbin Burns right now versus in July? Heck, do they even trade him? Could the Brewers sign Burns to an extension? But Corbin Burns, my understanding is one pitcher on the Twins' radar. I was told that they had, at least at one point, some trade discussions with Tampa about Manuel Margot mm-hmm. when thinking about adding a righty bat in the outfield. So I'm just thinking, maybe put this under the reckless speculation umbrella, even though it's Tuesday, but do you ask about Tyler Glass now? Like, if you're yes. talking to Tampa, oh, God, talking trade, I think you need to bring up the name Glass now. I just think, just based on 
some correspondence with some agents that it's been like just about crickets, twins and free agency. Yeah. But they've been working on trade possibilities going back weeks. So I would just think like whoever the replacement is, like it's going to be a trade. I also think they signed somebody, but whoever they sign, it might be, you know, a fourth, fifth type starter. Maybe it's a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, right? Big league spring training. Like I think the big pitching move, which they're working on, is a trade versus signing a free agent. But could they sign somebody like Frankie Montes, you know, somebody like that? Sure. But I don't think that is going to be the big move. And, hey, they put the claim in on Lucas Giolito back in the summer. But, Phil, like, he's going to get paid. Like, there's talk of Giolito getting 465, 470. Oh, what? The <laughs> Twins are not doing that on Giolito. Wow. Okay. All right. That's right. Are, are I draw you the serious? One-year hey, uh, flyer, I might be in, but no. He's going to get more than that. Yes. As far as the potential trade goes, you know, for a Burns type of pitcher, what do you sense the return would be from the Twins end then? Because obviously that's not going to be cheap. So, like, who do you sense would go in a trade like that? It'd be one year well, of Burns, I mean, right? Right. Yeah. Jorge Polanco plus how many prospects? I mean, it's Polanco right. plus a lot. So That's what I'm saying. What's the a lot? Now, remember, there is – a club option for Polanco on 25. So the Brewers can have Polanco for 24 and 25, yep. but it's still Polanco plus a lot more. I'm not talking prospects 20 and 25 on the Twins, you know, Baseball America list. Like we're talking one or two guys in the top 10 to 12, right? So, I mean, you know, we could speculate on some names. Like I don't think it's going to be Brooks Lee or the outfielder Rodriguez who just added to the 40 man. Right, right, but it would be, and it's not going to be Jenkins, right? But I guess start looking at some of the other prospects, right? And probably grab like two of those guys from the top 10 to 12. Like it's that sort of package. Polanco plus a lot if you have any prayer of landing Corbin Burns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go rapid fire scoops here, Dukes. What else do you have in your scoop bag today for us? Well, continuing the Twins theme, they have not had any talks about re-signing Emilio Pagan. They have had some dialogue about re-signing Donovan Solano, but they told Donovan, hey, you're not any sort of priority right now. We'll circle back to you in many weeks. If there's something out there for you, hey, breaking up. by all means, we loved having you in 23. But you're Listen, great. I, on, but it's you're not great. you, it's there's me. A little bit I just of need, me. need to explore myself. You know, just need to figure out fun. my life a little bit. Yeah. Fun. Correct. We'll see where Summer things fun. are at after the holidays, Donnie. <laughs> on the Wolves, Jordan McLaughlin in a contract year has changed representation. I'm told he hired one of the big agencies. I can nail that down in the coming days. But he has moved on from his agent, Mitchell Butler, moving on to new representation. Oklahoma City at Target Center tonight. Chet Holmgren, the Minneapolis yes. native, Minnehaha Academy, making his NBA debut here in the Twin Cities, his hometown. He will have over 100 family Ooh. and friends at Free the tickets. game. Jaden McDaniels is still at least you know, seven to 10 to 14 days away. Like he's not coming back this week on McLaughlin. He's still a few weeks away, but both guys ramping up activity, but don't look for Jaden McDaniels or Jordan McLaughlin back on the court, at least in a game this week on the Gopher football team. They have not inquired yet about Jalen Travis. That, that's Reed Travis's younger brother, Princeton offensive lineman played at De La Salle high school. Penn state has Duke has West Virginia has, South Carolina has, but so far the Gophers 
have not. On the quarterback from New Hampshire, I didn't write down his name, but the Gophers offered a transfer quarterback who's in the portal. He played for New Hampshire. My understanding is the Gophers are looking to create competition for Ethan Kelly McManus. They are not looking to outright replace him. You can make a case they should, but they are looking to create competition come spring ball. The disgust on Justin you need face the, right now. New Hampshire, you need to bring in. There are quarterbacks floating Judd, around now. I yeah. get it. If you were Brad Johnson's kid, if you are the Utah exactly. quarterbacks in the portal, why Everyone's would you getting, come here? Because I'm going to pay here? you a lot of money. With what? Where's the money? Where? Where's the money? I told you guys I'd find ways. Okay. <laughs> You've got more hey, television income than anybody. They haven't found ways. The Other television money cheating. has nothing to do with NIL, though. That's the problem. Oh, oh, I understand that. I'm not concerned about that. No, but they don't. Like, they don't have an NIL fund of note. Like that's the problem. Right. No, what I'm saying, what I've talked about for a long time is, you make more. All these schools have TV cash coming in left and right, and you can't tell me that certain schools aren't funneling that cash to boosters to then go to players. I mean, I don't think they do that. That would be like. There's so many ways, and the Gophers haven't figured out how, to just get like rich alumni together to fund. Well, they can't do a million but, dollars for a quarterback. But to your point, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. So now, so now I am pulling the ripcord <laughs> on a fun season that has nothing to do with ethics. I'm, I'm done with saying, ethics. Regardless of sports. money, even if the Gophers could come up with six figures to land Brad Johnson's kid or another quarterback yep. that's succeeded at the Power Five level. Like, have you seen the Gophers' offense? Have you seen the way P.J. Oh, manages a game? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awful. I'm just you're saying, right. if you're, the ultimate goal wrong. is to be as high a draft pick as possible, yeah, why wrong. are you choosing the University of Minnesota this offense? No, you're right. I'm just yeah. saying, you have to P.J. be realistic. And, hey, I'll defend Ethan to this point. He's been here three years. <laughs> There's been three offensive coordinators. Oh. Did you see how many drops his receiver's your, head yeah, this year? Yes, Ethan has his warts, right? But I'm just saying, his receivers didn't do him any favors this year. So I understand well, pay them not too. handing him the job for 2024, creating competition, but I wouldn't just like outright tell him to hit the road to hit the portal. I still think there's something salvageable there with Ethan Kelly. Man. I'm sure he's a great kid. I know. Hey, a lot of Gophers fans are yearning for the days of Tanner Morgan. I get it. I'm just saying, don't give up quite yet on either. I'm not doing that either. I, for one, don't rip on college and high school kids, okay? So I'll leave that to Judd on this show. Wait, hold on a second. That poor Edina kid, you know, I People need to calm down. I I, I merely pointed out, look at this photo. You can, you could, can you not tell who won and lost the game? You should be ashamed of yourself ripping on a high school kid. First of all, he's from Edina. He's going to be fine, okay? Second of all, we're just (laughs) having fun on the internet, okay? So I'll just calm down. The internet's not. Hey, can that I give serious. you one more, by the way, before you tell me to hit yeah. the road? <laughs> Judd, you'll love this from somebody that used to be in the wild organization, oh, right? God. Texted me this morning. <laughs> you can't make chicken salad out of chicken bleep. He didn't yes. use the word bleep, he used a different bleep. Hope you're good. But just, I had to read that Hope text message that somebody that used to be here person. that isn't what the biggest person. fan of Bill Guerin. And others with the wild. I have no idea who you're talking about. Is enjoying what sick boy are you talking about? The Minnesota Wild. What what (laughs) vindictive sob are you talking about? Well, there's probably a few right from back in the day. But I'm just saying there might be a guy who's laughing, coaching his kid's team right now at the situation here. There might be a kid who's uh, 
coaching his team in town who who used to play for the Islanders the past couple of years, who also is laughing at this. I like Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Zach's one of my guys. Yeah. I like Zach. But I'm just saying there are some people chuckling yeah, at the situation. Well. But bottom line, I'm sure you guys have discussed this. My understanding is Bill Guerin, you know, right or wrong, he thinks this is a playoff roster. That hey, you know, most of this roster won 100 points last year, two years mm-hmm. ago. That it is coaching. That this coaching change can spur some, you know, resurgence that they can still make the playoffs. That there is a belief that this wild roster is significantly better than the current record indicates. My comeback to that is, so what? So you capture, what, the eight seed? Then you lose inevitably again in the first round of the playoffs? What does that yeah. ultimately accomplish? Yeah, I wish I could argue. Yep. And by the way, Judd's Hockey Show, all over this conversation. Judd's Hockey Show, anywhere you find podcasts and the Scorn Earth YouTube channel. Click that like button and the subscribe button. Doogie, will do it again here in a couple of days. Great scoop session. I love it. See you on Reckless Speculation Thursday. See you, boys. Yes, Thank damn you. right. All right. See you guys. Reckless Speculation.